0: It is the sentence of this court that Thasius Cyprianus be executed with the sword. Cyprian, thanks be to God.
1: Lutheran Church, Missouri, Sended President, Pastor Matt Harrison, speaking at this year's Issues, Etc., making the case conference.
0: So, I would rather lay down on this spot and have my head chopped off than give up the Word of God. But with that strong, biblically informed conscience, I shall face my day and age, You shall face this day and age. We will confess Christ no matter what we face. We will bear witness to a better way in Jesus, come what may.
1: Amen. You can watch and listen to Pastor Matt Harrison making the case for the Lutheran option from the 2023 Making the Case Conference for a $300 gift by Labor Day. You can access an on-demand video stream or download a podcast of the entire conference. Order today at issuesetc.org. I avoid using pronouns for transgender-identifying persons, and I reject the new vocabulary because I've seen the suffering to which it leads. I often compare Mormonism to like a a pressure cooker, but it's got no release valve. And they just keep turning up the heat, try harder, and keep improving— keep striving. The Holy Spirit doesn't use errors. He doesn't use false statements. And confidence in certain false statements might actually land you in hell instead of in heaven.
0: Our greatest problem is not suffering. It's suffering and dying without Christ.
1: Higher things
0: attendees receiving free copies of objections overruled, love, issues, etc.
1: We tend to think of it as the stuff of Halloween and of make-believe, of television shows. Witchcraft doesn't really get very much serious attention in the U.S., but those who claim to be witches, to self-identify as a witch or a warlock, has really seen exponential growth in the U.S., Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to talk about the growth of witchcraft in the U.S. with Dr. Alan Carlson. He's recently written about that in Touchstone Magazine. Susan Venker will join us to discuss the rising daycare costs. We'll be in Matthew 15, Jesus and the Canaanite woman, with Dr. John Bombaro, author of a column titled "The Gospel for Dogs: Grace." in Matthew 15, 21 through 28. And then we'll discuss last night's GOP presidential debate with Mark Hemingway, senior writer for Real Clear Investigations. Dr. Alan Carlson is senior fellow at the International Organization for the Family. He's author of numerous books, including his latest, Family Cycles, Strength, Decline, and Renewal in American Domestic Life, and a recent column for Touchstone magazine titled Toil and Trouble, a Brief Account of the Occult at the End of Western Civilization. Dr. Carlson, welcome back.
0: Good to be with you.
1: What do the numbers tell us about the rise of self-identified witches?
0: Well, it's kind of surprising, but on the other hand, maybe what we'd expect these days. In the 1990s, uh, census data and other reliable surveys showed about 8,000 people, mostly women, but not exclusively so, identifying as witches. I am a witch today the figures over 1.5 million 1.5 million that's a dramatic surge in the number of self-identified witches in the United States
1: how has the church dealt with witchcraft historically
0: back in OSA medieval times the 11th 12th centuries Generally, the tendency was to say there really weren't such things, as witches. they did understand, and I'm thinking of figures such as Thomas Aquinas. The theologian identified the problem of, of sorcerers, uh, diabolical pacts with the devil, but you didn't hear the word witches, and specifically a female witch is being referred to. Uh, that changed in the 15th century, in the 1400s. A pope, at the, uh, toward the end of that century, uh, identified that, that the rise and the spread of witchcraft was dramatic and taking place. and was a real threat to the Christian order. 1495, a somewhat famous or notorious book called Malleus Maleficarum, The Witch's Hammer appeared. It was written by two uh, Dominican monks, and it uh, basically lamented that the devil was graining ground, that the witches were basically... Part of his army in doing this and that the human race its future hung in the balance uh, the reformers who came along uh, about 20 years later most notably martin luther had a fairly vivid sense of the uh, possibility of i guess you say the witch cult being quite real and quite true luther certainly understood satan to be real and a uh, huge threat to humankind as he put it in one of his writings When God's holy word arises, it is always its lot, that Satan opposes it with all his might. At first he rages against it with force and wicked power. When he is unable to crush by force, he thus seeks to suppress by cunning and lies. At all hours, the devil is seeking to kill us all. If he could kill you in your mother's body, he would do it. And so the witch hunts of the 16th and 17th century, which were very real, grew out of those uh, views. Today they're seen as horrible events that Christians must be ashamed of. So that's, I guess you'd say, sort of a brief history of how the Christian Church viewed witchcraft back in those days.
1: What is the secular or feminist analysis of this history?
0: Among secular explanations, I I guess you'd say the feminist one is uh, the strongest these days. It basically argues that, uh, true to feminist philosophy, that the real problem is men. Uh, Patriarchal efforts to control women, especially intelligent and independent women, and that the witch hunts of the past were efforts to suppress uh, women's autonomy, women's freedom, and women's possibilities. But there have been other secular efforts to explain it. Uh, One view was by the anthropologist Margaret Murray, the witch cult of Western Europe, saw witchcraft as very real, as the remnant of an old, old religion in Europe, predating Christianity, which survived among the simple people, among peasants and so on, really until the 16th century. It was a kind of a green religion of death and rebirth. It thrived among the simple folks, Uh, Finally, the kings of Europe, uh, the princes of Europe, and the church leaders finally felt they had enough power to crush it, which is what they did in the 16th and 17th centuries. Another variation of that came from a Canadian historian, James Rose, a pretty interesting book called A Razor for a Goat. He sees uh, something similar happening, that there was a green uh, religion Related to, to the Druids, uh, almost directly, uh, uh, a religion based on sacred tree groves, wise women who knew how to use herbs uh, for healing. They also uh, used drugs to simulate uh, things such as flight. And they were brought under the control, according to this argument, by the Goliards. Uh, sort of, these were men who had attended universities but couldn't find work went off, uh, couldn't find a, a preaching job either, or real academic work, so they went off and, according to his argument, created a movement of uh, the Ordo vagorum, and these were men who organized the witches into a direct challenge. It was a secret society that directly challenged whenever they could the Christian faith, mimicked the Christian faith, but tried to destroy it in its own way. I guess these some of the basic arguments that have been put forward.
1: What is the truth of the Salem Witch Trials?
0: Uh, That's a good question. For a long time, the dominant explanations were were Freudian, Uh, Sigmund Freud, that these were multiple repressions of the young by the, the Puritan doctrines of damnation and predestination. Some said it was the menopausal hysteria among older women which led to the witch trials. And others said the Oedipal complex, of young men with the the witches as a stand-in for mothers. But (laughs) there has even been an argument that there was a real disease, encephalitis lethargica, a disease spread by birds, which produced many of the symptoms that the girls at the Salem witch trials showed. On the other hand, we have uh, another real historian, Chadwick Hansen, uh, of Pennsylvania State University, who argues that witchcraft at Salem was real. These really were witches, self-defined, self-described witches doing witch-like things, uh, casting spells, using the equivalent of voodoo dolls, sticking pins in them, finding ways to hurt and damage people using the dark arts. What do I think it is? I think the witch trials at Salem point to a deeper problem which was the failure of the Puritan church starting in the 1680s and 1690s. For the prior 50 years, that church had been strong and solid, one of the most successful experiments in Christian living, I think, in all of human history, some remarkable uh, results. But it started to deteriorate in the 1680s, and the main source of that deterioration, I think, was the uh, men withdrew from the churches. Male membership in the churches declined sharply. Men have stopped doing the things they had done as Christian fathers and leaders of households. They stopped leading discussions of the Sunday Sermon. They stopped doing daily devotions. They pretty well abandoned their religious duties. The youth, uh, there were signs of uh, disorder among young people, drunkenness, tavern-going, the illegitimacy rate among what we would call teenagers soared at the time. There was kind of a general breakdown of the religious and social order in Puritan, Massachusetts. And my view is that that is what led to the, uh, to the Salem witch trials, the troubles. It was a sign of disorder. And the, Satan is an opportunist. And he took advantage of that and brought along a regime of death, 21 witches executed that's how Satan
1: works. Dr. Alan Carlson is our guest. We're talking about the growth of witchcraft in the U.S. On the other side, the connection between the occult and the Nazism of the 20th century. The free online Issues Etc. Journal. Just click the red Journal Subscription button at IssuesETC.org. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive
0: in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Defending the faith, teaching the truth. You're listening to Issues Etc.
1: Not everyone is comfortable with new technology.
0: Confessional Lutherans are invited to rent a four-bedroom, three-bathroom Table Rock lakefront home in the Ozarks. Table Rock Lake is a premier lake in the heart of the Ozarks for boating, water sports, and fishing. This log cabin-style rental sleeps 12 and is 30 minutes from Branson and 20 minutes from Silver Dollar City. Learn more by calling Swanson Estates, 713-855-2681. Be sure to mention Issues Etc., 713 855-2681. 855-2681. Ooh, ooh, woman. See
1: ooh, ooh, Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about the growth of witchcraft in the U.S. with Dr. Alan Carlson. Dr. Carlson, what's the connection between the occult and the Nazism of the 20th century?
0: So uh, well, that gets into a very fascinating but rarely told story. And here again, I'm not relying on what we'll call uh, you know, crazy people on strange websites uh, with, with fascination with Nazi UFOs and things like that. These are real historians, have looked at this. They just haven't been paid attention to. Specifically, Nicholas Goodrick Clark, an English historian of the University of Exeter, wrote a fine book called The Occult Roots of Nazism. And in the United States here, David Lursen, uh, Hammer of the Gods, which was his doctoral dissertation at the University of Wisconsin. I mean, these are not strange sources. But what they show is that the National Socialist German Workers' Party, what we now know as the Nazis, had its roots, strong roots, in the Thule Society of Munich. That's T-H-U-L-E. It grew out of the late 19th century philosophy of Madame Blavatsky. It was called theosophy. It included Tibetan mysticism, along with occult practices already found in, I guess you'd say, in the dark shadows of Europe. And theosophy absorbed German racialism and anti-Semitism in the 1890s, was reborn as something called Ariosophy. a lot of words, but what it meant was that the occult moved directly into German politics, and most especially through the Thule Society. Adolf Hitler was not a full member of the society. Uh, he was kind of a low-born fellow. The Thule Society was aristocrats. It was generals. It was uh, mayors of the great cities of Austria and Germany. And Hitler just was kind of a low-life corporal coming out of World War One. But almost all the other leaders of the National Socialist Movement were Thule members. Hitler's number two uh, guy, his vice-fuhrer, was uh, Rudolf Hess, who was a, a full-blown uh, occult figure and lived an occult lifestyle. And he was the vice-fuhrer, the vice-president, so to speak. Hans Frank, governor-general of occupied Poland. Alfred Rosenberg, the philosopher behind Nazism, who saw nazism as creating a out of a new life a new human type so all the crazy stuff was there and these were the people who masterminded the holocaust and they also created a war which could you know the holocaust claimed maybe 10 million victims mostly jews but others as well and another 40 million died in the war in europe if luther was right and that satan is seeking to kill us all my view oh we see a very successful effort by Satan to use the National Socialist movement for the ends that Satan pursues, which is death.
1: Where do we see these occult manifestations being mainstreamed today?
0: Well, one that's uh, one episode that's just right out in the open. That's gotten some attention. Just comes down in Texas, where the Satanic Temple an irs recognized religion uh, is now using the religious freedom restoration act to demand exemption from abortion restrictions this is a group that practices an abortion ritual in which a woman to affirm her autonomy undergoes an abortion among her co-believers gains fetal blood and things happen with that blood that you really don't want to hear about life is exchanged for death a basic satanic goal. Another episode that happened, this again, uh, the piece you're talking about was written a year ago for a, the Touchstone Conference. And uh, at that time, President Joe Biden had just appointed Dr. Dimitri Daskalakalas as the White House National Monkeypox Response Deputy Coordinator. And he's a medical doctor. He's also a full-blown occultist, a warlock, runs a society in a goth gym in New York City built on the ruins of a church, and displays on his body as well as on his uh, social media posts uh, pentagrams, including one showing Christ pinned to the pentagram. Again, these things have always been around and sort of in the dark corners of, of the human experience, but they're coming out quite publicly and quite openly today. That's what's new.
1: You say that Satan is an opportunist. What do you mean?
0: He takes advantage of failures, and specifically of Christian failures. I mentioned the experience in Puritan New England, where, in a sense, the fathers, the husbands, the fathers, the men abandoned their duties, by and large, because they were hard, and it was far easier not to bother with them. And Satan moved in. I don't think he directly—Satan— My little simple lay theology of Satanism and evil is that he doesn't directly attack the Christian church or individual Christians. He takes advantages of Christian failures. And we're fallen figures. We fail a lot. Every day we fail in some ways. But when that failure becomes too great, the opportunities are there. And I think, I guess, that's how I would explain it.
1: What is the surest protection against the attacks of the diabolical?
0: Well, I think it's uh, when Christians do what they're supposed to do. As you would know from prior conversations and so on, I'm a great believer in the restoration of a strong Christian family system. And I think that is the way in which Christians can defeat the diabolical. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean true homecomings. Resting on men and women in marriages, lifelong marriages, with distinctive responsibilities as men and women, and as fathers, as mothers, bound, again, in marital unions to build strong Christian homes. That, I think, is the best way that we can build barriers against the diabolical forces.
1: Dr. Alan Carlson is Senior Fellow at the International Organization for the Family author of numerous books, including his latest Family Cycles, Strength, Decline, and Renewal in American Domestic Life, and a recent column for Touchstone Magazine titled Toil and Trouble, A Brief Account of the Occult at the End of Western Civilization. You'll find a link to this column and to Family Cycles at issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Dr. Carlson, thank you. You're welcome. Suzanne Venker joins us next to talk about rising daycare costs and a very simple, not easy, but a very simple solution. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our adventures and acts with Back in Antioch and back in the saddle, Timothy joins Paul and Silas, the gospel comes to Philippi, Paul and Silas in jail, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at the WordEndures.org or your favorite podcast provider. How do the global flood, circumcision, and the Israelites wandering in the wilderness foreshadow the baptismal flood in Christ? Find out in the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. This new Bible study is published by Concordia Publishing House, their phone number 1-800-325-3040. Or find out more about The Baptismal River at IssuesETC.org. The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. Job saw
0: the city as a wasteland as if devoid of God, witnessing injustice to the poor by the corrupt, lawlessness of criminals, trafficking of children, blatant immorality, thinking God could not see wicked deeds done in the dark of night. Yet God never abandoned Job, nor his city, groaning for mercy. God is working through the living Redeemer, hands etched with salvation, pointing to the resurrection to come. Join us at lcms.org slash citymission to seek peace and shine the light in the city. Mount Zion Lutheran Church in Greenfield, Wisconsin is a congregation of those gathered by the Spirit of the Lord around His saving word and sacraments. At the center of our life together is the divine service of the risen Jesus, the Lamb of God who was slain, who takes away the sin of the world. If you are in the Milwaukee area, we invite you to share with us in our Lord's gifts of forgiveness and new life. Services are on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. For more information, visit our website at mountziongreenfield.org.
1: Spiritual and religious. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Concordia Lutheran, Jackson, Tennessee. Good Shepherd Lutheran, Sherman, Illinois. Emmanuel Lutheran, Eagle, Nebraska. Messiah Lutheran, Danville, California. Our Savior Lutheran, North Royalton, Ohio. Redeemer Lutheran, Lincoln, Nebraska, St. John Lutheran, Napoleon, Ohio, St. Paul Lutheran, Milford Center, Ohio, Trinity Lutheran, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Zion Lutheran, St. Charles, Missouri. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues, Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal.